Hello, and welcome to the Zircona Growth Insights Podcast, bringing clarity to the complexities of consumer behavior. Episodes feature industry experts, partners, and guests across the 26 industries we track, representing nearly $4 trillion in global consumer spending. Our goal is to give you transformative insights and the most complete view of consumer and market opportunities. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Growth Insights. I'm your host, Joan Driggs. Today's episode is part of our Fresh Pulse series featuring Jana Parker, Principal of Circana's Fresh Center of Excellence, and Anna-Marie Rohrink, President of 210 Analytics, a valued Circana research partner. Ladies, it's summertime, um, definitely a season associated with fresh. Uh, my head might go straight to produce, but there are so many great stories to tell about fresh right now. Um, there's also some downside, notably we're still feeling inflation. And I know that there's been a lot of different takes on inflation, um, that it's easing, but still it's very painful. So Anna-Marie, I'd like to start with you and, and have you kind of address that and what that impact might have on fresh and how we're living our summer lives. Yeah, so typically, of course, in the summer, we see the lens focus on cherry season, on all the locally grown items from corn to watermelons to what have you, with really big farmer's market-like displays in the lobbies of the store. Produce really starts to be elevated. We tend to have that big focus on all the grilling holidays that highlight the meat department, the celebrations that highlight the, the bakery, um, but I am afraid that this year we have to look at everything through the lens of inflation as much as we would like to say that inflation is down to single digits. And that's exciting. Um, we also have to be cognizant of the fact that that single digit inflation is lapping double digit inflation. And when we compare our prices today to that of 2019 and 2020, we are simply sitting 25 to 30 percent higher, depending on the item in the category. That means that most people are just losing a little bit of ground every single month. And I will tell you, I spent a lot of time with industry events here over the last couple of weeks. And while eggs are not much the topic of conversation anymore, you certainly continue to hear all the conversations about, I paid $900 to fly to California. Can you believe this second rate hotel is $400 a night? Um, you know, you go to Subway, as is another conversation I recently heard, and you're spending $44 on, on four sandwiches and drinks. So inflation continues to take that headline, the undercurrent, whatever you want to call it, and certainly grocery is part of that. And we continue to see it in the types of ways in which consumers shop every single time they're in the store. You've really hit on a lot of interesting topics because Again, when I'm thinking of summertime, I'm thinking of all the increased activities. You just mentioned travel, which is probably prohibitive to a lot of people. So how does that impact maybe how we're grilling, how we're entertaining at home? Like, Jana, Jana why don't you lean into that one um, and tell us how all of these, frankly, negative circumstances are impacting our ability to have a great summer with food? I think one of the most important things, you know, we've been, Anna Marie and I have been watching the monthly trends, both on the shopper perspective, the behavior and the sales trends now since March of 2020. And this summer is the first post-COVID, post-open 
post-inflation everywhere season that we've had, right? Um, Center store really started to tick up and and scale back on the shrinkflation in, in promotions in 2022 during this period last year. And what we've learned throughout that is even when we look at the black and white numbers and we look at certain products and we see certain things that are very inflationary or behavior expected, people buying less volume in the meat department because they don't need to stock up anymore and the price went high. People saying, you know, 70% of people saying that they're looking more for sales. We also know in our shopper data that even though the price per unit of food across the store is higher, people are only spending about 1.4% more in each transaction as they're buying less and putting less units in each trip and splitting the ticket more than ever. So this summer is the first opportunity that all those things and all that data is now we're truly just seeing behavior that frankly is probably gonna look a lot like behavior next summer, next summer, and next summer, next summer, right? But what's surprising about it is through all those years, and especially as we're already looking at consumers, it's what's in their minds and what they're trying to live with their lives that's dictating what they buy. So exactly to that point in our May survey, we talked a lot with consumers about what their travel plans were. And only, uh, you know, is expected a correlation with higher income and also older consumers, um, more retirees without children at home were, pl- were the only ones really planning to travel more. And the number one reason why people weren't going to travel as much was concern on cost. No big surprise, right? But what we did actually see a lot of increase in with younger consumers is 67% of consumers plan a cookout or barbecue this summer. And 40% of them are planning it more than they did last year. And some of the reasons why are because they've upskilled their grilling, they've bought new smokers, they've bought new grills. And I think the other thing that we've seen, and this reminds me of when we talked on the podcast about what we saw in some of the holiday seasons of the past couple of years, at home gatherings with friends and family, where it is about value. It's about stretching the dollar, but it's also about surprising and celebrating and delighting and frankly, bragging. And that's where I think if we take, which we're planning to do, right? I'm sure, I mean, we're already in summer season. So the retailer's been planning since last fall for this season, but I have a feeling based on what I saw, seen, talked with people about, talked at industry conferences about, we have this playbook that we've used for generations now, definitely for the last 10 years at what we promote, how we promote it, and what we expect with summer seasons. The produce department waits for that influx of seasonal items. Guess what? Walmart had cherries the same week that you know my local grocer had cherries for similar pricing. The meat department, as Anna Marie said, there's the grilling cuts and we rotate them, right? And yet we're not seeing the lifts. We're not seeing the engagement. And ultimately we're seeing many grocers who've been doing the same thing they've always done lose share to others. So you just raised a really good point. And that is we invested a lot in our outdoor spaces throughout the pandemic. You know, until you said it, I kind of forgot that people were building decks and planting gardens and investing, as you said, in the smokers and the grills. We had that whole new generation of cooks that, that came up, that came of age during the pandemic. A lot of that translated to the grill or outdoor appliance. So how does that change what's happening outside? I mean, your your whole point right now that I think you're making is, hey, retailers, given what's happened over the past couple of years, you can't be looking at that same playbook. So what does that behavior look like? I mean... Let's talk a little bit about some of those categories. I mean, 
Anna Marie, in, in the meat department, what are you, I mean, that's what you think of when we think of grilling, right or wrong, but what what's happening there? Well, you know, you, you make a really interesting point, right or wrong, and that is that the meat department and really supermarket sets all together have really been focused at the way boomers celebrate and the way boomers engage with life and food for the last 30 years. They've been majority spenders. They still are hand in hand with Gen X, but it's getting smaller by the minute. Well, if you look at the way millennials, for instance, engage with grilling, they aren't necessarily as meat forward. Um, there might be seafood on the grill. There might certainly be prepared items rather than always that steak or burger that's prepared from home. Um, there might be plant-based meat alternatives right along with meat items. Um, what I'm seeing retailers doing is pull a lot of produce into the department as well. I first saw it at Wegmans that was really teaching consumers how to grill veggies right along with meat. They had a whole brochure on it and a lot of in-store literature. Well, I was just at Safeway in California and they had uh, stickers on several packages, including stuffed mushrooms, zucchini strips, all sorts of different things. Um, where they specifically pointed out that these are great items on the grill rather than just your traditional maybe corn at best, right? And so what we're seeing is that retailers are starting to recognize the fact that, yes, meat is still the king of the grill, but at the same time, there are other departments that are making inroads there. And that's really where promotions, merchandising, um, and teaching new ways of celebrating can bring that one extra item that people are looking for so desperately. And that's absolutely key of the messaging. I think when we think about consumers, especially younger consumers, thinking occasions and solutions and the, I hate to call it the boomer way of merchandising, but the way of running grocery stores for the time as long as it's been is to sell products and for manufacturers to sell brands. And, you know, I was just looking deeply at the deli department and the processed meats aisle, two areas that frankly aren't normally thought of when we think about grilling, but frankly, you have to get salads, appetizers, at least people over, don't you want to have a charcuterie board? Don't you want to have, you know, something easy on the side or something to dessert, fresh bakery beyond buns and rolls, having something turnkey. And yet I don't see the depth. That's been the big story in both of those spaces. You get retailers, I just did a big analysis across a wide variety of retailers are getting more than 60% of their shoppers to buy something from those spaces during the summer months. But their share of wallet and they're getting one item only, it's really, really where the leaky bucket's happening. If you have someone in your store, first off, you have to get them to the store. So I was going to mention that, yes, we've definitely seen more of the influence drivers for younger consumers happen well before they decide where they're going. So you can't make everything about the in-store display or the in-store merchandising. You can't make it about the feature ad. It's got to be something that maybe is about digital and social engagement and, and having influencers talk about things. That is honestly the way that consumers are discovering foods today. And secondarily, then once they're there, how do you incent them to buy more than that one category? Believe me, we've talked about this a lot. We know that, you know, certain retailers, you are just motivated to deliver your sales revenue for your category or as a manufacturer, you just want to sell that. But we've seen brands who extend across multiple categories and departments in fresh become some of the top 10 biggest brands in 
the country. Um, I shared that stat about Boar's Head and Driscoll's being the top 10 across food and beverage at a recent produce conference and the room blew up with shock. And then you think about it, what both of those brands do is think about season, think about digital, think about extending beyond one item or one category. And I really think that's the playbook. How do you bring items together for that turnkey solution? For affordability can tie into it as well, right? If you think like a value item like grape and then pairing it up with some of the items you mentioned that have that much higher price per volume, price per unit point, that's where you can really grab items from different departments and deliver on affordability as well. And imagine if you digitally activate that, if your social media page for, I follow men, many of the grocers in my area and I'm, you know, a lot of it's just the bastion of brands, but imagine if you're doing a TikTok or putting up some great Instagram showing how you've made the solution across your departments, each department will see the halo. And the biggest thing right now is we've got to keep market share protected for traditional grocers. And that means we got to get them in the store. Let's talk a little bit about like pricing and promotions and how these retailers are getting people in the store. Um, Jana, what are you seeing with price and promotion right now? So I think one of the things we have to say is there's some interesting pockets, but the story, and it's bigger than fresh, right, Joan, is across what we call CPG at Circana, which would include fresh food, center store and frozen food, as well as health beauty aids, non-edibles, OTC. Almost every single, I think every department now we've proven is seeing eroded lifts. So we are promoting again as an industry. We absolutely are. I know there's been quite a bit of, I just ran the numbers for dinner sausage and, and processed meat, and we're seeing a higher share of promoted sales, but they're not driving the unit and volume lift. So I think what has to happen is a thought and a pivot about the role of the price promotion and what other levers can we pull in and out of the store to make it less about price, bringing it all the way back to my main point here. We think about selling categories to people for a price. People think about foods and solutions. And when it comes to summer, they're thinking in occasions, mouths to feed, not about a list. That's the opportunity. And for that, I think we need to do something different. You know, I am looking at our um, promotions index right now at um, circana.com. Actually, it's on heritageiriworldwide.com. But you're right. I am shocked to see the promotions are up 12%. And I think that this goes back to what you were saying about how younger people, especially, are more digitally attached. Um, are they seeing these promotions online? Jana? Well, I think the first thing we have to say, though, is remember, promotions are not the high low promotion is not the lever pulled by every fresh foods channel. EDLP retailers, especially mass super centers, disproportionately, you know, I just, Joan, in some research you had published in our retail update for Q2, you know, there is a for all CPG items. Yeah, millennials and Gen Y or Gen Z, excuse me, have a 1.6 times more likely to go to a mass super than to a traditional grocery store. That one chart is so impactful to me because I've always seen it by category and by department that, you know, the baby boomers go traditional grocery, Gen Xers, but then millennials go mass. But I was always like, oh, that's got to be for you know, lotions or, or non-foods. It's for everything. So we have to remember that a promotion has to then be that you're already considering that retailer. 
younger consumers are making their choices. And especially with food inflation, they're walking into stores and doors that either have curated variety. We still know that Trader Joe's is voted the top favorite grocer among these generations and most, most, you know, satisfaction. We've got to remember that then they're shopping based on solution and they're thinking about inflation. And if you can save money on everything and remember these consumers, Walmart, Target, Costco have always been a destination for fresh food in a way that those over age 40 haven't known. We've got price promotion only comes into play when you've gotten them. How are we going to get them back in your stores? And I think that's for displays and merchandising ideas like Anne-Marie was talking about. It's not about TPRs, temporary price reductions. Well, but I think you hit the nail dead on the head. And that is the fact that in order to realize that there is really good price promotion happening, the vast majority of people look at signage in store now followed by the app, which means you have to have people that have downloaded the apps are actually engaging with the apps. And unlike paper circulars, where you might be able to get a distribution list, even though that's getting harder, um, it really comes down to now is the time while the eye is on sales promotions to get people to download the app, figure out promotions that get people to engage with the app. But more than anything, uh, how can you get through to people that aren't in your store that you're running these promotions. And that's where I'm seeing a little bit of a shift from, if you think about TV, radio, and billboard advertising used to be very focused on branding. And more and more retailers are also starting to put a little bit more price and item focus on these types of things to make sure that people remember that they have good specials going and you really need to go in store to find those. I want to follow up on that because you're right. The reversal on the, the retailer doing broad, big mass reach, changing the perception. Something I always say is if everyone is fresh, you can't just use fresh as your only reason to come to a store. It's on then the brands and the uh, grower shippers to then help connect where their foods are in different stores. So for example, it is much cheaper and much higher return on ad spend now to leverage digital, but we're seeing dramatically different lifts in digital and social media advertising for brands and foods based on interest versus purchase base. I know this is something you and I've talked a lot about Anna Marie and some of the commodity boards we work with together. We're definitely seeing that for brands and commodities you need to look at who bought before and who has lapsed. And this is a magic year for that. A, the data is better and cheaper than ever. B, we did have a lot of people who engaged and bought categories and did cooking and recipes and things they'd never done before in the last three years. And now we've seen them leave those categories. Almost every category I'm looking at, not only do we have a promotion erosion, we also have some concerning trends in household purchase penetration. And we definitely have opportunity to increase frequency. And I think the brands and the commodity suppliers can leverage purchase-based digital advertising, especially if you only have distribution at certain retailers, then say, go to Kroger for this, go to Publix for this, go to Walmart for this on a digital ad. So pivoting some of those trade spend dollars from TPR and feature ads into social and digital, we've also heard a lot of retail, a lot of our um, suppliers really emphasizing upping their online digital pages 
their website platforms, where you go with QR codes to tell a story. I sent Anne Marie a picture while she was on vacation. I opened up my hummus and inside there was a QR code asking, literally it was a buyback program on the inside with a QR code where I could download a digital coupon to my phone to buy that brand of hummus again. And I could only get that coupon because I opened my hummus once I got home. What a very smart way to get that repeat. And I think that's really where the brands and shippers have to work together with the retailer. The retailer goes big, they go specific, and the two together will work. Yeah. And I I would say the one comment to close out that whole thought is every single time we go through a recessionary period or a period of high inflation, we just see the brands and the retailers that continue to invest into promotions, into brand positioning, come out better on the other end. I want to bring it back to um, Anna Marie, to what you were talking about earlier and that, hey, meat bite might be king, but there's so many other things to think of. And now that we've got this younger generation, maybe they're the cash strapped ones who are hanging out at home for the summer. What do you, what does entertaining look like for them? Or what things do you see that they're gravitating to where they're just interesting to hear about? Yeah, you know, I actually often uh, look at what was big in restaurants, what were some of the trends. And of course, for years, we've been seeing these smaller bites, right? Rather than everybody getting a big meal for themselves, there's been a lot of sharing in our meal locations, despite COVID, really. And a lot of those small and mini trends is something that we're seeing across departments as well, where it's not necessarily by the eight years of corn so that everybody has one for themselves, but it's really a lot more variety. So within the produce department, we're continuing to see a big focus on those mixed fruit type of platters and solutions. We're seeing, as I mentioned earlier, a lot more produce on the grill, not just corn, but a wide variety. And we're seeing a lot of the cut veg come into that where we see more mixed vegetable packages and they're doing fantastically well. So this might be things like um, mushrooms, onions, uh, peppers, all already cut. Some are like one to two pound heavy packages, but everything that you might need to build burgers or, or other Bob's, yes. items, right? Bob's at me, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, And then in bakery, instead of like one big sheet cake, we're continuing to see huge strength for cookies, for cupcakes, for donuts. So in other words, the mix and match promotion is very much alive so that we can have a wide variety of items, but not necessarily that enormous, ridiculous amount of food the way that our mom served a, a cookout. Uh, where you then eat from it for the next four days. So I think variety and flexibility is is absolutely king. Well, I think it's interesting that you're pointing out the fact that you can buy like smaller bites from the bakery or the mixed veg packages for burgers, grilled vegetables, or even kebabs. Because when you first said small bites, all I could think of was the tremendous labor involved in creating a, a wonderful spread for guests um, as just like one or two people doing all the cooking. But I think that that's something that younger generations get too. They all contribute. So um, so that might be it too. Jana? Which brings up two key points of the undercurrent of the mindset of consumers. One is 
we're gathering more at home from ever than ever. So even if you're not the host, i.e. you're not buying the meat, let's say, usually there's a strong correlation that the person who is hosting has the main dish responsibility. Think about giftables. Think about things that are turnkey ready to bring to someone else's house. I don't think we merchandise like that enough at holidays and other occasions. And I think it's a lot of why we see turnkey, you know, for decades now in Fresh Bakery, we've seen things that are either platters already in a clamshell. That's so easy to pop on the way, grab some floor, you know, grab some flowers and grab some fresh bakery. Why aren't we doing that more with cheese boards and and meats and mini meats? I mean, we've seen such, we just got back from the IDDBA show in Anaheim, both Anna Marie and I were there. And not only did I see, I'd say the best and most innovative booths I saw were really thinking about merchandising with the mind towards how someone would use this. And I think we have to really think about the occasion of someone who's bringing something that isn't the main dish, especially when we get beyond the meat department. But even in the meat and the produce and what goes on the grill, one of the things that was an interesting super sub-trend of the meat alternatives piece that I would credit those brands, who again were very CPG focused in how they brought to market their products, was they were quick to offer two patties in a package or just for, and again, the whole vision was if you have a grill and you have meat eater, non-meat eater, we want to make sure we're getting on that grill too. When you think about most center of plate meats, we don't necessarily, you know, you might want to offer this personalized experience for all of your guests. We know that there's health concerns that differ by person. We know now that fast casual, for example, at MPD with our restaurant friend, our partners and their tracking, we're seeing fast casual win because people see it as being personalized and they can decide what to go on their burrito. That's how people are approaching gatherings. And yet, are we packaging produce? I think we've seen, you know, mixed and cut, as Anne-Marie said, recently, I, you know, I've seen some really interesting packages that even have blueberries, blackberries, and raspberries in the same package, right? And so you get your choice. I think all of those choice variety trends, whether we do it in the same package or we do it through buy this, get that promotions, fresh wins because we can moderate purchase size, either by the pound or we offer more different size variety in our categories. We've got to be thinking about that variety and then someone who's attending versus just grilling or being the host. This has been so fun. And, you know, I just want to make one little comment before I wrap it up. Um, we did entertain at our home recently and a friend did bring beautiful home-baked goods, home-baked goods on a really nice platter. And I returned the platter to her and she goes, Joan, that is a platter that you were supposed to keep because it's just a plastic platter. And I'm like, oh, but it's so pretty. I, I just assumed that this was something that you wanted back. And so I have lessons to learn because she merchandised this beautiful platter for me and I gave it back. Anyway. Now, I just want to piggyback on that though. Cause again, one of the things that we, I've said a lot in bakery and deli, especially is I don't think we need more items. I think we just need slightly different presentation. It's amazing how similarly, just one last thing that really shocked me and I loved it was, you know, we know that party trays and multiple meats in a platter, I should say multiple charcuterie things, multiple cheeses, multiple fruits are all trending. But it was really interesting how a lot of the forward thinking brands are now starting to say, this is the 4th of July pack. This is the back to school pack. And changing out the colors and the boards that things are on. So immediately consumers connect to the solution. It's amazing how we don't necessarily always need new items. Just need some different spins on them. Love it. All right. So in wrapping up, I want to reiterate that, hey, 
inflation might be easing into the single digits, but consumers are still feeling the pinch. We are up 25, we're paying 25 to 30% more than we were in 2019. So that is definitely impacting our ability to purchase. Um, I think the theme of our, our of this episode truly is that re retailers must rethink their summer playbooks. Um, it, particularly for entertaining and grilling, meat might be king, but so many other departments are making inroads, particularly with young people. So let's teach everyone to rethink celebrations. Anna Marie, you talked about things like smaller bites in restaurants, almost driving the trends in how we're entertaining at home. I totally get that. You know, things like more variety, um, more options for the grill, things like mixed vegetables that you talked about, mixed fruit, the bakery that where you can buy mix and match and put together a platter. Um, we are gathering more at home. So this is to Jana. It's like, think about how you're gifting or presenting or re-merchandising what it is you have to offer. So personalize the experience both with, with beverages and food, variety, have it attractively merchandised. It's all about the presentation because that is part of the experience. So with that, I want to thank you both and I'll talk to you next month. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the Zirconic Growth Insights podcast so you don't miss an episode. And let us know what you'd like us to cover. We'll serve it up in a future episode. Look for us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to review Zirconic Growth Insights. Want to learn more? Visit us at zircona.com and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn.